Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
p.m. west, 7 p.m. east. This is Monster Mike. Welcome to the Rip Roaring Show. It's all live now.
from the Desert Tower Studios, the Baja Crew. The entire crew is here tonight, folks. It's it's a gleaming example of commitment to off-road and, of course, to jobs. <laughs> you know, be here or you lose it. So everybody's here. This is Monster Mike. We're live from the Desert Tower Studios. And we have uh, our uh, special recreation specialist, uh, it's probably overstating it, special, 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 special. But uh, John Stewart's on the line. John, how are you? Hey, Mike, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, so the special, special, special is, is a little overstating. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's only four or five specials. Yeah, let's just say that I'm a committed... Uh, Recreation advocate. Uh, good enough. That's that's good enough for me. Um, John Stewart is on the line. We did do a uh, pre-show interview, so we generally know what we're going to talk about. Uh, John is going to lead up uh, tonight's show. We are uh, live uh, from the Desert Tower Studios, from the Big Bad Desert, and, of course, uh, with our friends, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, and, of course, BajaSafari.com, the king of Baja. And this is your humble host tonight, Monster Mike. Uh, We've got uh, desert recreation first, and then we're going to talk about uh, racing uh, after uh, uh, we we talk our fill on uh, uh, off-road recreation with John Stewart. Uh, John, thanks so much for being uh, timely and on time. Very important. we're on every Monday, 4 p.m. West, 7 p.m. East. This is Off-Road Live. We talk about desert off-road recreation, and, of course, we get to the racing, and, and as a matter of fact, we get pretty deep into it. We burrow in like a tick that you don't want around and just ask any of the racers. Just They just, I mean, they, they tried to ride off in the West. They Last time I called up Roger Norman, it was uh, 5.30 in the morning before the Baja Sur 500. <laughs> and he goes, you got to be shitting me. And then he <laughs> anyway, uh, John, uh, we did do a, uh, a pre-show interview, and we talked about a couple things. We uh, number, Of course, we will talk about a recreational issue. But we, we started talking about technology and tracking and so forth. John, why don't you uh, just do a paragraph on uh, on your background in uh, satellite telemetry. Well, I uh, was introduced to uh, computers back in uh, about 1972, I believe the year was, and that was uh, when I was in the Navy uh, on a ship homeported out of Japan. About that time, we received one of these new experimental navigation system that was uh, set to replace the... Uh, this Loran or this land-based uh, triangularization point for, uh, you know, so the ships at sea can pinpoint where they are. Well, this turned out to be the precursor to what people now carry around uh, with the smartphone or what in called uh, GPS systems. You know, it's big, bulky, cumbersome, but uh, that was a point that I learned all about uh, some of the early Early uh, things, the way this technology of looking on location and tracking work, and uh, I have seen it 
to go from a about a twenty inch twenty inch by twenty inch by twenty four inch box into small handheld devices that uh, work really well in most cases. So we're talking that you you've had a background in these technologies uh, since seventy two, and then of course uh, you you took some very important training. Uh, from, you know, the folks who put the birds in the air. Well, it's your training on how to uh, you know, maintain and repair that equipment, and that did include, though, the uh, the concept of how it works and the fact that it was a uh, received signal from a satellite that uh, you know, was uh, part of a satellite network of the of the uh, stationary geo-orbit satellites of I, I don't know, it, it, I, I don't recall how many, how many there were at the time, but now there's 30-plus satellites uh, orbiting the Earth that just do nothing but, uh, or one of their big tasks is to provide uh, location service for the various GPS units that uh, people carry around. Yeah, and then uh, I, I think a good majority of the, uh, if I'm right on this, uh, the consumer-oriented uh, tracking systems are tied to that. Now, what are the uh, commercial-grade uh, uh, telemetry attached to? Is it the same birds? It's the same birds. Uh, the, uh, the when was it? Early '90s, late '80s, early '90s. The um, you know, up until then, it was completely a military uh, project. But uh, early '90s is when. They released, uh, Garmin began releasing some of their first uh, GPS handheld units. I still have one of those. It's a Garmin 45, you know, a, a terrific little unit for the time and, and the age and the capabilities, but not can't even compare it to what you have nowadays. Well, uh, let's, so let's you know, talk about that because that, we, we kind of uh, walked into this subject in our uh, pre-show uh, interview, and uh, and I mentioned to you the the uh, issues that the racers are having that they're juggling between systems. They're trying to figure out how much to pay. Uh, the Mexican 1000 is is tossed out the IRC uh, company and brought on Volacor uh, in this particular event. By the way, we'll we'll share with everybody the uh, uh, telemetry site for uh, everybody to go to uh, to see what the Mexican 1000 is up to. Uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, I have no respect whatsoever for Mike Perlman, but uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they're doing, uh, and we'll take a peek at it. But as soon as I started mentioning some of this stuff to John, uh, John immediately let me know that uh, I was not talking with a neophyte, which is great because, uh, for the most part, this stuff is way over the head of uh, a lot of folks, uh, including myself. But at least if you talk to the right people, we can figure it out. Now, in a uh, brief conversation I had this afternoon, found out that um, uh, the uh, uh, the folks at Volocor are using what is being termed uh, the, the terminology that's being used by the racers are the yellow bricks. And apparently, at Iridium.com or a like website, you know, I haven't checked it out. Um, that these uh, up and down systems are being utilized by uh, the uh, racers in this uh, particular event, the Mexican 1000, and that uh, the King of the Hammers used the yellow bricks, and apparently there's a move afoot to move away from uh, 
uh, other systems and into these uh, Volocore designated uh, 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 hardware. And uh, oh, and that's real easy now. If you want to take a peek at what's going on telemetry-wise, this uh, tracking for the Mexican 1000, just go to volocore.com. That's V-O-L-O-C-O-R-E.com, and take a peek of, uh, at what's happening in that event. Um, you know, it's real easy. Robbie Gordon, his dad, are are driving over people to get to first place. You know, and uh, you know the other thing that needs to be said is that uh, Robbie. Proposed a drop in 50 grand on a grand prize, and nobody showed up for it. So uh, uh, this will be interesting to see Robbie at the finish line going, "Hey, look at me! I won my own money!" Like he really even had it in the first place. Kind of reminds me of the uh, Salt Lake City debacle with George Antel. What a joke that was! Um, but uh, John, let, let's get back to the discussion at hand. Uh, so they're, the move afoot right now is to these what are called "quote unquote" yellow bricks by Iridium.com or a like website. I haven't checked out the website. Uh, Volocore.com are the folks who are everybody's now flocking to. Um, uh, what systems have uh, have you just tried out? Not necessarily tested. Um, and um, uh, would you be interested in getting involved in a? Uh, a test of some uh, commercial racing stuff. I think that would be a fantastic opportunity opportunity to get involved in the testing of the of that. Uh, I have looked at the technical specs for the Iridium product. I've also looked at other uh, GPS trackers and uh, with the thought of uh, hooking them up to cameras in order to uh, put a precise geolocation onto uh you know, feed that in information into my uh, Nikon camera for exact location of where that picture was taken. Uh, I've also looked at, uh, you know, some of the tracking units, and one, uh, I don't know, can I mention names, but one of them is a spot, which is, uh, I've, I've used two different uh, generations of it, and it's uh, very unique in the, in the fact that it, if you strap it on you or have it with you, it will give you a running track, and you can also track it on you know, your register on a website. But its uh, main function is the fact that it does have that uh, 911 emergency call system and locator point uh, beacon that uh, is set up. But What generation uh, of spot? Is that third generation? Well, uh, even the first the first two generations, I think they're up to three, a third generation of it now. I, you know, with with two of them, I've looked at them and said, okay, they're they're great, uh, they're great for hiking, walking. Uh, I've, my use or what I've wanted for traveling is I'm still not completely sold on it for having them in a car. Because your uh, time and distance uh, with the time that it registers with the uh, satellite, uh, you can be several miles away, be, be, you know, between the registration points, and uh, you know your location error can be way off. You know, it's, it's not too bad of a condition if you're on a freeway, but once you get out in the backcountry, uh, that could be a problem if you're you know, one to two miles from where you were last uh, reported, and you end up upside down and trying to send out a, a location signal. 
Now, it, now, when you were talking about the iridium, do you do you consider the iridium product? And we'll have to identify what what specific piece of equipment that is. But would you consider uh, those uh, items a commercial value? Uh, yes, I uh, from my research and looking at them. Uh, I was looking at something on a consumer grade or something that would be cheap enough for the average person. And the iridium I, I looked at, uh, it had a setup and an infrastructure that uh, was a little bit pricey, uh, you know, more more than what the average consumer would do. And yet, if you were going to put that on a, uh, say, a fleet of uh, semis and track your semis as they uh, rolled around for the you know, the time time and distance uh, drivers are required to log, and that uh, I I think that's a terrific device. It and spec wise, it appears to have the uh, uh, constant uh, location accuracy, so that it uh, you know it, it has a pretty accurate route track when you start following it. Are those the ones that go through steel? Uh, they all have to have an external antenna. So when you place the unit inside the vehicle and you place an exterior antenna, the penetration of the signal is not an issue. Right. Penetration is not an issue with an external antenna. Uh, so your penetration of signal can become a problem with uh, some of the GPS units uh, where they're located within uh, a uh, steel or you know, steel or you know, the ferrous or something will generate electromagnetic field for you know, signal obstruction. Okay. Um, now, what's the just in a sentence, John? What's the difference between, let's say, an iridium-based uh, product and uh, the third-generation spot? Uh, so the specs that I've looked at, because I have not seen a third been played with a third generation spot, and I've only looked at the specs of the iridium, but the and I'm familiar with the first two generations of spot is the iridiums that have an external antenna. The spot is a completely handheld device, and it is uh, just like a cell phone or a uh, commercial GPS. Now. Normally, a lot of your inside the metal don't appear to be much of a problem as long as you have uh, somewhat of a line of sight on the uh, on the horizon because where satellite positions are that you're linking to could be a problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's... Uh, and that's where that's some actual technical and uh, in-depth issues that I really have not delved that far into, and I'd be interested to seeing just how how much it is. I know from limited experience I've had in the uh, uh, you know just comparison checks with taking a spot and setting it up so that it would track my movements, and then later comparing what was re- registered on the website with the uh, with my actual track of my uh, GPS system. Uh, so there are a lot of straight lines here on that curved road. Well, so far uh, we've presented the opportunity 
uh, two international racing consultants and Steve Myers, and he's turned us down for a public uh, uh, review of his new unit. So what we're going to do now is we're going to reach out uh, to Iridium. We'll either uh, get one for study and then return it, or we'll purchase one, and we'll uh, we'll go through a test, uh, John, if you don't mind. Now, of course, this is open-ended. This is when uh, we can get to it because, quite frankly, uh, uh, studying the telemetry of uh, new modern uh, satellite uplinks is uh, not the first on my uh, to-do list. But, but we're going to get to it. We will do it. But I can tell you authoritatively right now uh, that uh, IRC and Steve Myers turned us down for a public uh, study of his uh, new generation, quote-unquote. So that, I think, should tell people quite a bit, as a matter of fact. And I'm sure we'll be able to get, either through purchase or through uh, borrowing, uh, uh, a like or similar Iridium unit, uh, and as a matter of fact, we'll reach out to the companies that'll be that'll necessitate that the communication. Now, um, uh, John, we'll we'll get to that later because what's what's really at risk right now is that in the United States, in desert off-road racing, the Bureau of Land Management is actually using these systems for. Course compliance. Yeah. They're, they're using this data to figure out whether everything's on the up and up. Well, and that's where I have, uh, I've even noted with uh, a, a GPS systems is that you have some settings as, as to how uh, your frequency of updates is taking uh, marked readings. And uh, if if you have that set with too long of a time interval, you can come up with some deviations off of a marked course uh, over you know over a course of a time. Now, generally, if you're walking, it really doesn't make that much difference. But if you're if you've got any speed behind you, uh, you can have 100, 200, or a few more yards. Uh, differential, which in some cases may put you off of a marked course. Well, and that's what we're getting at uh, here, John, because uh, it's all about uh, retaining and expanding access for the general public to uh, to go wheeling. And if we've got these racers uh, out there either without trackers or with bad trackers or with bad systems or people, people who have not been trained, uh, to communicate and understand what this data or this information is all about, it's entirely possible that we can uh, have a situation where uh, we've got a uh, land manager making a decision with bad information. Am I right? Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I, I agree with you. But let me add another perspective is, is that I kind of question why they would really want, if they have a course defined and laid out, and if the course is marked and they're looking for a course compliance, uh, I believe it's up to the land manager to afterwards run that course and look to see if there was compliance or not. No, not I'm sure they're doing that. The, uh, you know, the individual driver, which, yeah, the individual driver, if it's a accidental or intentional off course, uh, that's just brings some other argument into play, but... My, you know, when I hear this, uh, my biggest fear is that 
they're just going to start looking at the uh, recreation community to say, hey, if you have a group of people going out there, you have this designated route, now we want you to stay on it. Well, how do you, how do you, and then uh, if you have a permit, like the special recreation permits, uh, is everybody going to have to now be burdened with having this kind of a uh, tracking device on their vehicle? Uh it, you know, in special cases, I can see where you would want it, uh, but I can also see now you're starting to look at uh, undue infringement and possible uh, uh, legal issues about uh, you know, tracking and monitoring and uh, essentially spying on the people and controlling where they go. Yeah, so personal freedom. Personal freedoms. There's a lot of implications on that. that yeah, uh, personal freedom issues is a, is a big thing, and and I I personally think that there's already been a, a line crossed, and I'm sure I could dig it up where it was, but uh, at this point, uh, uh, you're absolutely right, John. That uh, that is the concern. Um, I, I think we're past that. I think we are in in very dangerous territory right now. Uh, uh, and that's the reason why this show exists and why we're talking about all this stuff. Well, then, uh, and, and folks, we will uh, stay on this technology uh, perspective for some time. We're going to look into this stuff, and we're going to be very careful about uh, uh, what we find and what we communicate with you, but uh, count on uh, us doing that. Um, now, John, I know that you have a couple of very important recreation issue uh, items today, so please go ahead and uh, speak to uh, that, that, that issue or issues that you feel that should be brought to the public at this point. Well, funny thing is that the one issue that I have also involves uh, GPS and not so much tracking devices, but location devices. Because in the uh, California desert, southwest desert region, we have the uh, WEMO, the Western Mojave Land Ma uh, Travel Management Plan, that a, uh, is out for review and public comment period right now. Uh, that particular plan is based on knowing where routes are. And this is where GPS technology comes in. I know a lot of us, a lot of us have uh, worked for, with the BLM for a long time in order to make sure that routes are properly marked and properly uh, or located or uh, traced and identified, but mistakes do occur. And right now we're looking to uh, verify what it is, we're looking to verify that we can come up with a travel management plan that uh, will appease the uh, group that filed in, in order to have it thrown out and redone, which is the Center for Biological Diversity. And so far, with the draft plan that's out, uh, they have not shown any inclination to like any part of any of the alternatives uh, being presented. So, yeah. So this is going to be a, uh, a court grappling uh, uh, situation for for a long, long time. Well, then let's talk to um, uh, what uh, the uh, now. This has been out for three weeks now. Uh, what does that's it tell? Yeah, what does it tell you about uh, what the state's trying to do? Well, that's more than the federal side. Well, what it is is the, the federal side has developed an alternative that when you look at it on the surface, it is 
basically a uh, recreation friendly. Uh, the couple of us have concerns that the travel management and planning itself, when it is compared with other management plans, it's the Desert Renewable Energy Plan uh, and the way the land was divided up and parceled out under that is we have some red flags there because these plans are not being developed essentially in conscience that you know, we get assurances, oh, yeah, we're looking to make sure that they are both working together, but we've already found a few points where, uh, wait a minute, you've got something here that, that you said that this is open under under the travel management proposal, and yet this is land designated for energy development, which means it's closed to uh, recreation entry. We're finding a few little cases like this. So it's, uh, it, it's a long process. We've still got uh, just about another month to uh, complete the final comment periods on this. Now, this is uh, California Desert, right? It's California Desert with the Bureau of Land Management. Right. Um, so that plan's been out for three weeks. Um, was, it, was it anticipated that, that the release would take place during this time, or is it late, or is it early? Well, it's uh, we have been known. No, well, we've known about it for some time. We've known that BLM has been working on this, but they they were essentially forced into running it out early because the CBD. Uh, like I said, it, it's it's linked to an ongoing court case, and part of that court case is that the CBD has been pushing to have a plan done, and yet the BLM has been wanting to do it correctly, and in order to do it correctly, it takes time to uh, do all the reviews. And the so, uh, CBD has been pushing to shorten the time period the BLM has had to uh, do their reviews. Of course, you know, they're they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. They're saying that it yeah. uh, has, hasn't been released and hurry up and get it out right away. Right. Yeah, uh, that's great. Uh, that's so typical for uh, court combatants. You know, they want their cake and eat it, too. Um, does it include any uh, interesting uh, uh, revelations having to do with the Ocotillo Wells area? Uh, no, because this is... Uh Federal. The area, well, it's federal, but it's, it's the area north of, uh, you know, from uh, roughly Barstow area north to Ridgecrest. Oh, okay. So so it yeah. doesn't include any Southern uh, California stuff? No. The Southern California, the lower desert uh, of Imperial County, no, that that is not covered in this planning. Okay. Where can people find, a, uh, if they're interested, where can they find this online? Uh, on the uh, Bureau of Land Management uh, website, they look for the California Desert District, uh, and it's a front-page lead, just with a, it's a BLM.gov, and then look for the State of California and then the Southern California, especially the California Desert District uh, office, and on their particular website, they have it there. Gotcha. Uh, the, so it's Barstow North. Right. Okay. Um, anything else, John? Uh, from that, uh, there's a lot of little things going on. We've got a travel management review going with the Inyo National Forest. Uh, 
Uh, again, we've got the ongoing thing with Akatia Wells. We're not going to have any information on that until probably August, September at the earliest. Uh, also within, within California, the Carnegie SVRA up around Tracy, Lodi area is has a management plan. They they're trying to work on opening up uh, an additional 3,000 acres to OHV opportunity that was purchased with OHV green sticker or you know specifically for recreation, and yet the uh, you know this was purchased went through about 25. 20, 25 years ago, and there's a couple of people up there that have been fighting it ever since, and one of them is actually one that agreed to the purchase. So we've got we've got people up there that uh, want to eliminate the OHV activity from the area, and for the motorcycle people, that is one of their more challenging OHV parks, and they just love it up there. And just, you know, and expanding it puts some better opportunities up there for for broader grouping of people. So it's a, it's a big fight. It's a continuous fight. Well, uh, John, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you being on. Road Live every Monday, 4 p.m. West, 7 East. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.